Great. Wow, it's just lovely to see everybody this morning. I just want to say welcome to so many friends and family and guests who've uh, come along today just to maybe see um, uh, a family or friend baptized. So uh, it's really great to welcome you here today. And um, I just want to talk a little bit about baptism um, in a moment. We're just going to share a few thoughts really around uh, uh, what, why we're doing this and what it's all about. But baptism for us, you know, the Bible says that we should baptize people who choose to follow Jesus. Jesus taught us to do that just before he uh, left this world. He said to his disciples, go and make disciples and baptize them. And uh, so this morning, that's what we do. We baptize people uh, fully. Uh, We uh, bring them into the tank, and we lower them into the water, and then we raise them out again. And the symbolism of that really is dying to one way of living and being raised to a new way of life. And uh, that's what we believe that uh, following Jesus is all about. We believe that people make a decision which changes their life, and they become uh, new creations in Christ Jesus. That's what the Bible teaches us. And so this morning, we have six people who are going to be baptized, and uh, we're going to have a great time together. They're just sharing. And so in a few minutes, that's what's going to happen. And uh, they'll each come and just give a little uh, testimony, a bit of a story about why they decided to follow Jesus, what happened in their lives that brought them to that place and and what it means to them. And then we'll give them a promise from the Bible. And then uh, I will be in the water with uh, my beautiful assistant, Matthew. And um, we will uh, bring people in. And one by one, we will just uh, declare their faith in Christ and baptize them. Um, And, you know, we love to do this because, you know, it takes real faith to get baptized in water. It takes somebody who really believes what they're doing to get in a tank with this bloke and be lowered under the water by this bloke. Someone's already offered me a lot of money to keep Mark under. In fact, it wasn't a lot of money. I said I would do it for nothing, to be honest, but there we go. Um, but, you know, it's about that, that symbolism. And so we get excited about that because we love it when people have faith in God that changes how they live today. Because that's what faith in God should do. You know, faith in God isn't just something we add to our life. If you really believe in who God is and what he's done for us, it changes our lives. And, uh, you know, we just don't believe in a Christianity that just ticks a box and says, well, you know, I'll allow God into my life. No, we believe that if Jesus is real and gave himself for us, then it changes everything. And so that's why we come and worship the Lord. That's why we sing these great songs of praise. I just want to read a little Bible passage this morning um, before I uh, go. And before I do, I just want to say thank you to uh, a couple of people this morning who we came in this morning um, at 5 o'clock. One of my team was here at 5 o'clock to turn the water on, and the water was cold. So I came in at 20 past 5 to fix the boiler, and the boiler wouldn't be fixed. So we carried buckets of water from across the road in here to fill it up. So I just want to thank everybody who came and did that. <laughs> when, I say, when I say we carried, I mean Matt and Dan carried. I organized. It was, uh, without my part, it just wouldn't have worked. So, um, and then others came and helped as time went on. So we just really appreciate it because otherwise it would have been cold water. And I'm not sure they would have been very excited about cold war today. So it's even hot. Isn't that amazing? That's good, isn't it? Um, so I just want to read a few verses to you from a story that Jesus told um, in the Bible, uh, a parable that he told uh, from Luke chapter 15. And it's the parable of the lost son. And uh, let me just read it to you. There's a man who had two sons. And the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. And not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. And after he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine in that country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to to the fields to feed his pigs. And he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. 
When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's servants have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am not longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And so he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. And the, father said to him, the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it and let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And so they began to celebrate. You know, this is a, just a really important story. Just understand that Jesus is trying to teach us something really just about what we're going to do today. It's, it's about a, a lost son. It's about someone who had walked away from the love of their father and the embrace of their father and who had left it all behind and who said, you know what, I want to do things my way. We know what that's like, don't we? He said, you know what, I don't want to listen to you. I want to do what I want. And so the interesting thing about it is he took all his dad's money and left. <laughs> uh, sounds like life, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? Um, he took everything he could from his father, but then he said, I don't want to live under your house. I don't want to live under your authority. And so he left and went away. And we know the story. We read it. All of a sudden, his great plans start to go wrong. Anybody had some great plans go wrong in their lives? You know, we thought it would all work this way, but actually it changed. And all of a sudden, his great plans go wrong. And, and all the excitement he had starts to, do, to uh, uh, just diminish away and, and fritters away to nothing. And he decides that he's in trouble. You know, the trouble is with life, isn't it, is that we all want to do our own thing, but sometimes our own thing isn't the right thing. Sometimes the thing that we want to do actually leads us away from God and his love for us. And this is what happened to this young man. This is why Jesus is telling the story. He's saying, you know what? People live without thought for God. And they walk away from his blessings and his uh, uh, abundance and his love. And they live entirely how they please until they are in trouble. How many times do you hear somebody who doesn't believe in God say, oh God, help me, when they're in trouble? It's funny how we all become believers in certain circumstances. You know, we're, we're happy to ignore God until all of a sudden it comes. And this is what happened to this man. He was happy to ignore the love of the Father. He was happy to say, I can get by that. But when he comes to the point in his life when everything has gone wrong, all of a sudden he finds himself thinking about a father's love. Ha! Isn't that amazing? And I want to talk about three things that happened to this young man this morning, just very quickly. Um, first of all, it says this, he came to his senses. I love that. He came to his senses. You see, the truth is there's always a point in our lives when we have to come to our senses, when we have to say, you know what? Actually, what I'm doing is hurting me rather than helping me. You know, we're going to hear stories about that this morning. People who decided to follow Jesus. And you might not be in that place today. Hey, and that's okay. But, you know, for many of us, we've been in that place. And for many of us, we probably will be in that place before too long. Where we have to say, you know what? I have to come to my senses about what's happening in my life. I wonder how long it took him to realize he was in trouble. I wonder how long it took him to realize he'd made a mistake when he left home. I wonder was it when the money ran out? Or when the friends left him? Or when he got kicked out of his flat? Or when he didn't get work that he wanted? Or when it was, he was so hungry he was looking at the pig food going, I could eat some of that? I wonder how it is. And there was a point in his life where he had to say, you know what? I have to come to my senses. I have to understand that the way that I've been living is taking me away from everything that was valuable to me. And you know, the people are getting baptized this morning. They've come to a point just like that, where they've had to say, you know what? I want to go towards God, not away from him. 
They might not have been in such extreme circumstances, just like you might not be. But they understood that actually they have abandoned and walked out on God's love. And they wanted to actually say, you know what, I think I'd be better off living in the knowledge and the relationship that God offers me rather than ignoring it. And that's what I think some of you are here this morning, and you're going to hear these testimonies from people you love and know, and they're going to say to you, I came to a place where I knew that I wanted to know God, and I didn't want to live without him. I came to my senses. The Bible calls it repentance. Now, actually, we have to admit that, you know what, we need God in our lives. And, you know, all of us have to come to that point. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but all of us will come to that point where we have to say, am I ready to invite God back into my life? Am I ready to turn back to him, to who he is and what he has for me? So he came to his senses. The second thing it tells us is that he came to his father. You see, you've got to know where to go when you're in trouble. <laughs> I'm 53. I still feel me, mum. <laughs> Hello, mum. I messed up again, mum. You know, uh, we do, don't we? We come to where we got to know where we turn. And, uh, and this young man, even though he was sitting there, he didn't call his friends because it all left him. He didn't look at his bank balance because he didn't have it. He didn't look at the great career that he carved out for himself because that had failed. He said, you know what? I want to come to my father. And he started to do this deal in his head because he knew he'd made mistakes. He'd know he'd blown it. But he said, if I can just get back to my father, I think things can be better for me. I want you to know that's what Christianity is about. It's not about Christians thinking they're better than everybody else. Christians just think, if I can just get to my Father in heaven, my life will change for the better. If I can just connect with my Father again, if I can just have my relationship restored with him, then I believe that actually there's opportunity and life for me ahead, not just this situation that I've come into. And so he turned and he traveled back to his Father to see him. And I love this. You know, I don't know about you, but some people wouldn't want to go to their fathers to find them. Some people would feel unsure of the welcome they get. And this young man starts to put it into his head, you know, I, I, I'll just go back and, and, and say I'm sorry. I'll just go back and, and see how he treats me because even his servants are better off than I am. And in his head, he does this uh, deal that I can just become a servant because I'll still get fed. I'll still be better off. And I love this story because all of a sudden he finds himself on the road back. Wondering what kind of reception he's going to get from his father. I wonder what kind of reception you think God would want to give you. I remember asking someone how they thought about God and their relationship with him. And they said this, if I don't want to do something, God will make me do it. And if I want to do something, he won't let me do it. And I thought, man, you've got a miserable view of God, haven't you? But that's how a lot of people view God. They just view him as someone who hates them or someone who's cross with them all the time or someone who's angry with them all the time or somebody who's going to say, ha, told you so. Because people can be like that, can't they? Or is it just me? I could be like that. And all of a sudden he comes back and he says, you know, I'll just come back to the Father and maybe he'll make me a servant. It's got to be better than where I am. And so he starts to come back to the Father's house. And here is what Jesus tells us. Jesus tells us this parable to show us how God views us. And as he comes back, all of a sudden, the Father sees him from a distance. You see, the amazing thing is the Father is looking for his son. You know, some of you here this morning, I want to say to you, God is looking for you. See, you might feel you're all alone. You might feel God has no interest in you. I'm telling you, God is looking for you. And God is looking to see if you will just turn around and come back towards him. And if you do, he can change your life. That's what we're going to hear this morning. It's not about how good you are. It's not about whether you're far away or whether you're near. It's whether you're willing to move towards him. See, the Bible says if you come near to God, he'll come near to you. 
And see, what happens is this young man says, you know, if I can go back to my father. And so he starts to come back to him. And from a long way off, his father is waiting to greet him. And then it says this, he was filled with compassion for him. Don't you love that? Don't you love that God loves you? See, I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm not good enough to be a Christian. I don't know about you. I can't do it. I, I can't not think wrong things. How about you? I, I try and be good, but when I'm trying to be good, I sometimes still am bad. Anybody else in the house? Just me. I, I, I try and do the right thing, but sometimes I'm trying to do the right thing, but I'm thinking the wrong thing. Anybody like that? I'm looking good on the outside, but inside I'm like, just like I was at five o'clock when the boiler didn't work. I was praising Jesus. <laughs> Thinking about, right, I'm going to get Matt out of bed because if I'm out of bed, he has to be out of bed too. <laughs> See, we, we've all got it in us. We've all got that nature in us. And all of a sudden, this young man was coming and he was saying, you know what, I've, I've really stepped on my dad's goodness. I took all the money that I was owed. I threw it in his face and I've wasted everything he's ever given me. And now I'm coming back, tail between my legs, just going, oh God, please have mercy. Please, Father, don't treat me. And his expectation was low, but actually his father had compassion on him. I want you to know, it doesn't matter where you are today or what you've been through or what you've done. It doesn't matter whether you've told God you hate him a million times. Actually, you know what? God still loves you. See, that's the nature of God. God looks upon you and has grace and compassion towards you. There's no one so bad that God doesn't love them. Some of you need to look at your next-door neighbor and say, that's you he's talking about today. Is that me? It's, it's no one who's out of God's love. There's no one who's out of God's embrace. And he comes back to his father. And then it goes even further. It says, his father then ran to him. Seeing him at a far distance, his father said, come on. And he runs towards his son because he wants to actually meet his son on the road and say, you know what, I've come to you. You've come to me, I've come to you. I want you to know today, these people are going to get baptized, young and old. They've had this moment when they've connected with God and God's run to them. And they felt his love and embrace. And all of a sudden, the father comes and he puts a ring on his finger because he wants them to know that actually he's still his son. And he puts the best robe upon him because he wants him to understand that he loves him. He came to his father. I wonder what you think of God today. Would you turn towards him and come? And then finally, he came for mercy, but he found grace. I just want to explain the difference between these two words. See, mercy is not getting treated as you deserve. And he had done this deal in his head. If I say to my father, Father, I've sinned against you and against heaven. I'm not longer worthy to be called your servant your son, just make me a servant. He was saying, well, that's, 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 that's mercy. The fa- that's father being merciful. He's saying, no, you're not my son. I've give, given you everything and you've wasted it. You've rejected my love. You've walked out of me. So I'm not going to make you that. I'll just make you a servant. Yeah, that's mercy. You can just sit in the house and do what you're told. But he didn't just get mercy. See, see mercy is, you know, that, that would be something, wouldn't it? Let's be honest. If somebody took everything we had and wasted it, mercy would seem about just the right level, wouldn't it? Maybe the right level would be, get lost. But he says, well, I can just have mercy, Father. But his father says, hey, you don't just get mercy, you get grace. See, grace is the abundant love of God. And, and the father says to him, listen, you're my son. Everything I have is still yours. He says, while I have this, it's yours. While, while I am alive, you're welcome. While, while, while I'm able to breathe and welcome you, you'll always be part of my family. Because you're my son. You're never going to be a servant. You're always going to be a son. 
You know, God would want to say to you this morning, and we're going to hear it in just a few minutes with the testimonies that we hear. God would want to say to you today that he sees you as a son and a daughter. He doesn't see you as someone who has to be far off, as someone who just uh, is, is around, who, who's afraid of him, who maybe if you pray to him in need, that's fine. But actually what he wants you to have today is he wants you to have sonship. He wants you to be someone who knows the love of God as a father, whether you're a man or a woman, that you can come and say, God, my father, I want to live in your house and experience your blessing. That's why we're here today. That's why we come every week and worship and praise God. Not because we're religious, honestly, because I can think of better things to do on a Sunday morning if I was just going to be religious. It's because I've actually found the love of God has changed my life. It's given me a sense of identity and purpose. And I've come into grace, not just mercy. I know I'll never be good enough to be a son of God. But I know that God has made me his son because of Jesus. And that changes everything. And so I want you to think this morning, just as you hear testimonies, just as we uh, do all the stuff we're going to do, I want you to think just about the story of this lost son. He, he came to his senses. He came to a point where he said, actually, you know what? I want to know this love. If this love is real, I, I want to live in my father's house. I've tried it my way. I need a different way. He came to his father. He changed his direction and said, you know what? I'm coming back to him. And then finally, he came for mercy, but he found grace. Just maybe there's grace for you to find this morning, even as we listen to these testimonies. Father, I just thank you for your presence here. I thank you for all my friends who are here with me today. Lord, we're gathered here in this place to worship you. And Lord, as we come now in just a few moments to, Lord, hear the stories of people who are following you, young and old. Lord, we just give you praise and thanks today. And we pray your blessing upon each person here. Lord, let each person here know your voice today. Lord, may they have come maybe to hear the voice of others, but Lord, let them know the voice of the Heavenly Father today, who loves them and has a plan for their life. So Lord, would you just bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.